And welcome back to Beyond Damascus. Friends, I'm so blessed that you've joined us here today. Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host today, Aaron Richards, joined here in studio at the Damascus Media Studio with my co-host and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. Welcome, Dan. What's up? We've got a heck of a show planned for you today. Like St. Paul, who encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus and whose life was changed forever, he, he, he met the Lord through a moment of encounter and encounter what launched him into a life of extraordinary mission. Um, this is what this is what our show intends to accomplish. We intend we, we we hope to to tell the stories of men and women who have encountered the power of Jesus and who've been launched into into world changing lives of of mission. Amen. Yeah, Aaron and I are blessed to run a ministry called Damascus, where we seek to be a community of missionary disciples who are bringing revival to the Catholic Church in America through retreat ministry, through summer camps, and but ultimately we want to be a place where people yeah. encounter the living God and are propelled on a mission, right? That we, we believe that we're all called to be missionaries with our lifestyle. And whether you're full-time in ministry or you're full-time working in the world, uh, you're called to be a missionary and to bring the gospel everywhere you go. Amen. Friends, uh, did I open up the show with our—this uh, is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio. We're carried across the global EWTN Radio. Catholic Catholic Radio Network, and I'm so excited to, to be here in studio today. Um, friends, the Damascus Media Studio is uh, under construction, so <laughs> you're going to hear background noise today, and that's just the joy of joining us here at Damascus. You it's know, a party. Dan, in the last five years, has there ever truly been a time when Damascus wasn't under construction? No, we kind of live in a perpetual <laughs> state of construction. It's kind of like the, the interstate system, I'm sure, in your city. It's just like constant construction. We're, we're, we're basically that here. Uh, but we're here, we're under cons- constant construction because God continues to build his kingdom yeah. here. And so we need to be a church that's under construction, always building uh, the kingdom of God, ready for the yes. new adventures that God is calling us on. All right, I want to open in prayer in the name of the Father, oh, thanks, and the Son, Dan. and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, you are a God of creation, that you take nothing and you bring about everything. And uh, God, we want you to allow the Holy Spirit to come over us like you sent the Spirit over the black abyss at the moment of creation. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would make us creators for you, that you would allow us to be men and women who hear what you're asking us to bring into this world and that we would bring it in. Make our hands at your service, Lord. Build us. Lord, make us a people who worship you and bring worship back into the church with such vigor and hunger. Amen. Lord, show us what it means to live a life poured out for you. Um, Show us what it means to live in relationship with you in a place where we don't live our lives for ourselves, but we live them for others, and God, we live them for you. Uh, Jesus, teach us the meaning of, of, of what it is to be in, in loving relationship with you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, today we have an amazing guest on the show. Um, he is a close friend of ours and brother in Christ. We'll, we'll bring him on after the break here in a few minutes, but his name is Joseph Schleter. Joseph oh, Schleter yeah. is a, a, a full-time missionary here at Damascus. I've known Joseph since he was in high school, maybe middle school, and uh, Joseph is is living a life of extraordinary mission here at Damascus, of course, as is all of our missionary staff. But in a particular way, um, Joseph has received a, 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 a particular call from the Lord to minister to God's church in and through prayer and worship. 
And we want to just give some context for that today and talk about the transformative effects of, of worship ministry, of music ministry. And, um, and Joseph will share his testimony. It's going to be power. Uh, but we wanted to kick off the show just with a little orientation. What do we mean when we talk about worship in the context of the church? I mean, everything we do as a church uh, is oriented in worship, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes, <clears throat> I mean, our, our common experience of worship <laughs> as Catholics is liturgical worship, right? As, yeah, of Which course. The, the liturgy, the Mass, is the highest form of worship we can give God, where it's actually the the, the sacrificial offering of Jesus himself to the Father. Yeah. And and so it's it's a participation in Jesus's own worship to the Father. But there's you know a, a beautiful history we have in the church, not just in the Catholic church but even before us, like uh, dating all the way back to our Judeo roots where um the the Jewish people were a people of worship and praise and song and who danced before the Lord and offered him psalms of thanksgiving and praise yeah. um and that, that that heritage didn't die when <laughs> when the church was founded that heritage was part of our early roots so we were a people of worship and praise and song and that's been a part of our DNA forever yeah yeah and i think maybe our Oftentimes, the common Catholic context when it comes to worship and praise and 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 music happens in within the function of our of our daily Sunday or our weekly Sunday Mass. And um, you know, many of us come from parishes that have amazing and upbuilding and life giving programs of music ministry, and some of us might come from places where uh, it's a struggle to meet the Lord in that place. And today we're gonna we're gonna be talking about how like it's it's actually our responsibility to live a life that is is poured out for the Lord Jesus. Um, we can't blame a, any any lack lack of depth or intensity or or commitment in our prayer life to our surrounding and our environment. Right? There are resources for us to find to 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 seek after a, a powerful relationship with the Lord. And, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to be testifying to today. I want to share uh, a little story about my life. So um, worship, worship has, has been a big part of, of my life and our ministries here at Damascus. Back in 2001, when we started uh, our programming here at Damascus, uh, we, we started as a little Catholic youth summer camp. We rented a site um, up, in, up in Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, such a funny start to the way that God kind of injected music and worship into our humble beginnings. There was a beautiful song by an amazing artist named Rich Mullins back in the day <laughs> called Awesome God. Oh boy. And uh, that that was the extent of our prayer and worship as a community. We had a tape deck and we had Awesome God and we played that thing on repeat over as often over as we could. Over again. It was the theme song to uh, to our camp for the first couple years and then uh, and and then uh, Dan, you and I, and some of our other leaders, Monica, and some of our programming staff, we had a we had a conversation, you know, within that first two years of starting this ministry, and we realized that we really needed prayer and music and worship to become a part. We felt like God was calling it to be a part of of what we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we didn't actually have the resources. Like, and I think a lot of people feel that as well. Like, oh, we want vibrant worship and music in our parish or in our ministry, and we don't. But we don't have the resources. And 
we kind of fumbled with that for a while. I remember the first year we wanted uh, a worship band. We we actually <laughs> had to hire a band from a different state to come to be a part of our summer camp because we didn't know how to do it ourselves. But what I love is we one summer we just were like, okay, well, we're going to just start praying in, in my mom's basement, right? And and you were like, well, I don't really play guitar, but I'm sure I could figure it out. Yeah. And you just start like trying to learn how to play guitar. And within a couple of weeks, we, we were actually, we had a community of like over 70 people in my mom's house that were <laughs> worshiping every single week. And like, it was just as powerful because there was, there's a hunger in the people of God yeah. to give God what he deserves. We were built as a people. Yeah. Our, our, our actual souls are meant to worship. Yeah. That's what we are created for. So yeah. when, when, even if you're not perfect, once you start doing it, it orients the the people to come. Yeah, you know? I, I had a I, so I had a transformational moment that kind of led me to that place. And um, I, I, listeners, maybe you can maybe you can commiserate with this a little bit too. So my mom forced me to go on a retreat when I was probably fourteen years old, and uh, this was a retreat that was located at our uh, one of the local churches in 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 our city, and. Um, there were, I don't know, a hundred or a couple hundred middle school students there with us. And at this particular event, um, there was a band that was just so into, um, you know, the music that they were leading. And I, I had such, I want to be charitable because I've been that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I had such a hard time as a kid, um, engaging in, in this process. I felt so isolated. I felt so removed. I felt like this was the silliest thing that I had ever been introduced to in my life. And I made a vow on that day that I was, I was simply never going to participate in prayer like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder, I wonder consciously or subconsciously how many of us has actually been in an experience like that, where, where I was in a place where honestly I was embarrassed to be Christian, right? And it was, it was through this kind of chintzy um, presentation that, that led me to that reaction. And I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but I think that for a lot of us, that might be the end that, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated with, with the, the quality of music at my parish. I'm frustrated with this, um, this silly stuff that I remember from vacation Bible school. And I've kind of, or maybe uh, even as an adult, I, I, I saw a, a bad expression of worship at yeah. one point and it's just turned me off like, Oh, that's not Catholic or that's like, that's like, that's just so flaky. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so a couple years later, I, I had a, I had an experience that kind of turned me around a little bit. And, um, I, I share this with you because I think it might be something that you can engage with. So I don't know how many of you have ever been to like an Ohio State football game or or a or a professional sporting event where you've had that experience, right? Where you're in the crowd of a hundred thousand people and um and the energy is just is 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 so powerful, it's 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 palatable, right? You can cut it with a knife and um, all of a sudden, you're just wrapped up in this thing that's actually bigger than a sound that you can produce, but it's something that just shakes you to the soul. And this is a this is a human experience, but it's a it's a it's a revelation to us of actually how God um, can engage with us on a deep level. My dad and I we went to a retreat um, that that was a big a big retreat conference that was being hosted down in a it was in a um, it was in a baseball stadium. And there were there were sixty sixty seventy thousand people who were who were gathered there. And I remember for the first time in my life that the music and the worship that was being lifted by the voices of sixty seventy thousand men. Um, I remember standing in the in the standing in the stands and and lifting my voice as loud as I could possibly sing, and just being overcome with this uh, overwhelming affirmation of who I was as a young man 
and how I was called to pour my life out. And it was just, it was just the complete opposite of that isolation that I had felt before. And, um, that, that was the moment for me where I realized that, Hey, this is, this is the way that the church is supposed to sound. This is what heaven sounds like. You know, I think when, when I, when I hear you share here and I, I wonder if the, the difference between a positive and a negative experience is where's the worship oriented yeah. to, toward, is it, is it towards the people who are doing the worship or the person who is singing the song or is it oriented towards God? Right. Yeah. And, and when, when you have a people lifting their voice up, uh, to truly worship God, it becomes a heavenly expression yeah. of praise. And, yeah. and I think that's really neat. Like in heaven, it's uh, everyone is uh, so enfolded into the beatific vision, so engrossed into who God is that you're, you're just worshiping and it, it, it's all directed towards him. All yeah. glory and all honor and all praise is directed towards him and him alone. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay, we could go on forever, but we won't because we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to welcome Joseph as our guest today. And friends, you're going to be you're going to be blown away by the by the stories that he's got to share. Um, I'm, I'm excited to bring him on. I hope that even now uh, there's a hunger in your heart, maybe to to an openness to a new experience of the transforming power of a life lived in authentic worship. So once again, I'm Aaron Richards, one of your hosts here on Beyond Damascus. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with you shortly. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road, stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. Hi, this is Trent Horn from Catholic Answers, and a lot of people ask me, how do you pray? I like the ACTS formula, A-C-T-S. First, we adore God, realize He's God, we are not. We're contrite. We ask Him to forgive us of our sins. We're thankful. We thank Him for the blessings and trials He's given us. And then we make supplications and ask Him for help in our own lives, doing all of this so we can grow closer to Him and spend eternity with Him. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, friends. Thanks for joining us again. Um, this is going to be a great show. I'm so excited. Dan, why don't, you, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so, you know, I think it's funny because I, when we're talking about worship, I think as especially, like, we can fall into the myth or I guess the lie that this for some people, but it's not for me, right? And I, I've heard that a lot in ministry where some people are like, oh, that's nice that you guys do that. That's not my spirituality. And it, it, <laughs> and it, it's truly the, it's the spirituality of heaven, right? You see the angels and saints yeah. worshiping at the throne, and it's the spirituality <laughs> of, of, of the church where we worshiped, um, you know, the Psalms were the original, like, songbook or the prayer book of Jesus. And and the Psalms are the yeah. worship of the early church, uh, the the Jewish people and even like King David and during the the Israelite kingdom, he had full-time worshipers who were just dedicated to making sure that the kingdom had a, a full-time presence of musicians who would worship the living God. It's yeah. part of who we are. And actually, I think part of the um, 
I think it's a part of our heritage that has been repressed in the church, and we're starting yeah. to rediscover it. Right? That it's yeah. that all of the people of God are called to enter into worship, and and so that doesn't mean we're all called to sing the exact same song, right? Uh, but right now we're all called to worship, and yeah. and so if this message is kind of like if you're like, oh, I'm going to turn this off because it's annoying to me, like, or uh, it's a spirituality <laughs> that I don't want to live, I want to just challenge you yeah. to maybe ask yourself, I'm I'm a terrible singer and I'm a horrible musician. This I is true. I, I can cannot, affirm this. I cannot sing or clap on beat. I have, I, like, I can sing or I can clap, but I can't do both at the same time. And but you're um, growing, Dan. I'm growing. I've been, <laughs> I've been worshiping my heart out uh, every day for since 2003, and because of that, I'm getting close to being able to clap while I sing. No, but there, there's, um, there's, there's a need though. Even if initially it may not be your first thing, as you step into it, you discover it's not about you in the first place. It's yeah. all about Him and That's giving great. Him glory and Him praise. <laughs> so we're going to invite Joseph in um, today, and he's just going to share his powerful testimony. Whoa. Let's yeah. welcome Joseph. Right, Joseph! Hey, hey. Thanks up, so much brother? for having me. Yeah, this I'm so awesome. excited that you're here, man. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. So if you're hearing that noise in the background, uh, love like... <laughs> that that is that is the the people who are painting the studio today. It's yes. amazing. They're taping the walls. We have a a, a new Damascus studio, and yes. Joseph is here with us in studio, watching the painters do their magic. It's, it's so exciting. It is, it is <laughs> I, pretty I, awesome. I, I'm inspired. I think we need um, tape pulling to be a new instrument. Oh, oh yeah, we can yeah. add to our yeah. worship. It's, in, it's in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> tape pulling. Yeah, tape pulling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Good, Joseph. Um, give us give us a brief introduction to yourself. I, I share with everybody that you're a Damascus missionary here, but tell us your story, brother. Yes, um, I am a Damascus missionary. I am 20 years old. Yeah. I've been um, at Damascus for the last two full years, um, and the Lord has done so much in my life. I've, I I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, um, with an amazing family that loves Jesus and loves to. Uh, raise us up in that, which is just a huge blessing that mm-hmm. I was able to experience. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up praying together as a family, going to mass, doing all the really good stuff, um, going, even going to adoration, going to um, worship events. Speak, like my dad would lead worship for our family, which was just really cool. Like in our house, we were just like at <laughs> like the end of the night. All the just, time. <laughs> yeah, we just like worship together. My, awesome. my siblings are funny about it because like the younger one's like, dad, you, you're just like a nineties worship leader. It's like, <laughs> like, well, I mean, that was his era. That is so. a compliment. <laughs> yeah. right. He's like, yes, I Yeah, am. exactly. Exactly. So no, just really, it was awesome. Just kind of growing up in that environment for sure, which is just really, really a blessing with in adoration or in worship. Um, and I think it was around the eighth grade year, you know, where you kind of begin to think that you know more than the world. And it was like, okay, no. I want to like, I want to figure out like what I actually believe in and like what I actually want to like live for. Um, and I kind of like through my own wrestling in my, um, obviously superior intelligence as an eighth grader oh, yeah, for felt sure. like I was like, okay, <laughs> I kind of came to the conclusion in my life that like, okay, I believe God's real. I can, I feel like that's like, just like reality. But the question I really struggled with was, does he care? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, okay, he's real, he's there somewhere, but, like, does he care about my life? Mm-hmm. And and that was something I really wrestled with because I think for a long time I felt like, okay, there's a God who's real, but I don't really feel him working in my life. I don't hear him speaking to me. I don't really see him moving like like I hear about in these stories. Like, I just don't—he's not real to me. Um, And, and that's kind of the, the, the view I began to adopt in some sense of, like, a God who's real but very distant um, and just, like, not personal. 
Um, the, someone it was actually funny. Someone was telling, someone was speaking about like how there's like a heresy about God, like being like a watchmaker kind of thing. Who like hmm. who just like creates, mm-hmm. he like created the world and then just like steps away from it and kind of lets it run on its own. Yeah. And every once in a while comes and intervenes. And I heard that I'm like, but that's exactly how I feel like it is for me. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, that's wrong. But that's why does that feel like it's my experience? Mm. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, and I, I just began to fill fill that um, desire to be seen and known um, with people instead. Wow, you know, because I didn't feel like I got it from God, so I was like trying to turn other people for it. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to be super successful in everything I do in sports and in music and mm. in school and, and in friendships and in popular, like all these things. I'm like, okay, I need to be successful because I need to be seen and noticed. Because in reality, it was I didn't feel seen or noticed by God, so I needed it by other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um. Uh, yeah, I got it. I got what I wanted. I was seen and noticed by people. But as we all know, that doesn't actually satisfy you. And the more you get, the more you need. It just doesn't work. Um, and so I kind of got to this point where I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm still like living for you on the side. Like I'm going to youth group and I'm giving the right answers. And I'm, you know, I'm like living a Christian life, going to mass, even even praying in, in, in a lot of ways. But it's it's not with an expectation that you'll actually show up. Yeah. Um. And I remember just coming to prayer one day and I was like, okay, God, like if you, if you really want me to live for you, then I need to like know that you are here and you care for me. Like I need to know that like you actually want to be like a friend to me, that you want to actually be like in relationship with me. Um, and I think like for the first time I just went into prayer with, with that, like this open heart, like, and, and, and honestly, even an expectation of faith that God was going to move. Mm. And I remember very clearly just like going into prayer and, I didn't have like a, a St. Paul on the way to Damascus experience where like the sky opened up and I was blind for a couple of days. But like I, I just felt in prayer, I just felt the sense of peace, like this tangible sense of the presence of God in peace. And I was like, okay, there it is. Like that's what I've been like waiting for. Mm. Um, and then shortly after, like, and then, and then that's just like, okay, that's it. I'm sold. I'm in for this. Um, shortly after that, I came to CYSC for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really my, my experience there was seeing people not too far older than me who like had that relationship with God, um, who actually were living it out and were joyful and fun and energetic. And that was like, okay, I can actually do this. Like, this is something mm-hmm. I can actually live. Cause you know, I think it's easy when you're, when you're young and you just see old people live, like old people praying the rosaries and, and like doing these things, which is amazing. And, and that's such like a blessing to the church as a young person. I needed to see young people living it out. Mm. And I, I wasn't seeing that. Um, and so I came to CYC and I saw that and it inspired me. So I came back and I'm like, okay, I want to live this out. Cause something I, I, I think I've more and more realized this as, as I've grown, but I think some, this was in my heart, just this reality that culture sustains encounter. Um, that when you encounter something, the best way to sustain it is actually through a culture. Um, and so I came back, I'm like, okay, I had this encounter with Jesus, but the only way to like sustain it is actually through culture, through community. And I wasn't finding that at this point I had actually moved from Erie to uh, Toledo, Ohio. Um, and it was, it was amazing, but I wasn't finding that community that I, I needed, um, to sustain that encounter. Yeah. So I was like, okay, God, um, what are we going to do? And he's like, you know, just, I just felt like inspired to get some friends together and just talk every week. Mm-hmm. So I got like a, a handful of friends together and we just like ate pizza. And the first group definitely came just because there was pizza there. <laughs> I was like, guys, you have pizza. Like, okay, sweet. Just um, imagine how effective Jesus would have been if there if was he had pizza. pizza. Right. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> did pretty good with the fishes and the yeah, loaves, but pizza, pizza. <laughs> that still works. That still works for grownups too. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. <laughs> so yeah, I had a... I got some friends together and we just started meeting every week and we would, 
um, we'd meet, we'd like just have some fun together. And then we just talk about like, actually like what's going on in our life, like real life questions. And then we go through, um, the upcoming Sunday readings and just like pray with them. And then like, like actually make like a commitment. And it was just so cool because the Lord then started like building this culture. Um, within a couple months we had like 50 people gathered in my house. Wow. That's awesome. And like, in in um, and for five hours on a Saturday night, <laughs> it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. And they wouldn't leave. Like we'd be there for five hours from five to 10 on a Saturday night. And we're just like, we're just growing and we're having, you know, we're going into small groups and we're like worship. It was the first time I ever like led worship. I just picked, I'm like, we need this. So I picked up a guitar and I just started leading mm. and learned a lot. But like, it was, it, that's like when like, yeah, five to 10 and then people would, we'd have to kick them out. Cause their parents like, okay, you have younger siblings. We need to sleep. <laughs> and so what people would do is they'd have parking lot parties. They'd all go to their cars in the parking lot and then just continue to talk about about Jesus for hours into the night. It right. was so crazy. <laughs> Their parents um, like, uh, where are no, my children? <laughs> our neighbors, our neighbors are always like, thought we had like house parties or something because we have like rows of like cars, like lining up the entire yes. street that are there till like late in the night. And they're like, what are you guys doing over Drunk there? in the Holy spirit. It was insane. Um, and so I just, le- <laughs> I just learned so much. Uh, I grew so much. Um, cause he was like, okay, God, like if I, if I'm, if you're calling me to lead these people, then I need to make sure that I'm actually like running after you harder than I ever have. Been. Can we, can we hit pause real quick? So how sure. old were you when you were doing this? Um, so I started when I was 15. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> insane. So you're basically a, like a youth minister out of your house, like with your friends. Like, and right. I, I think that's just amazing. And what, how did your parents support you through that process? Like, what sure. did that look like? Well, number one, my mom provided food for 50 people Thank you, on Jesus. a regular basis, you know? <laughs> which is insane. I I like look back at that. I'm like, why did you do that? Which, which is great because St. John Bosco, who's the patron saint of youth ministry, his mom, St. Margaret Mary, she she provided food for all of his ministry events as well. Yeah, so. that's crazy. <laughs> I look back, I'm like, you literally, there were like 50 people at our house and you would like make a home-cooked meal for them. Yes. <laughs> like every week. So like, like that and then just like providing the space. Um, and then honestly, just giving me space to grow. Yeah. Like, like they were just like, okay, like you are taking ownership of this and we're going to like support you, whatever you need, but like this is yours and like yeah. you get to do it. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, opening that space and then giving me the space to move in that, which was just so awesome. Um, so yeah, that was just really cool. And that was, that happened all throughout high school. Um, and then ended up my senior, going into my senior year, um, I ended up being a summer missionary here at Damascus. And that totally transformed everything for me. <laughs> it was just like, as you see a whole new, you see a whole new culture, you see a whole new way of like doing, of, of life. Um, like before I, I, I was just very much the, the spirit, I mean, I'm telling you, my guardian angels must've been like double time because there was just so many opportunities I could have messed up, you know, a high schooler leading a high school ministry. Like God yeah. just saved me from a lot, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, then just coming to Damascus and actually like learning um, what, culture really looks like and what um encounter really looks like joseph let's be honest god saved you a couple uh a couple big breaks here too <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> all the time he's always he's always he's always saving me from myself um but yeah it's just he's he's just been so faithful in that in that journey and so it's awesome came to damascus um for that summer and then coming back mm-hmm. that senior year was really weird because <laughs> it's like you're in like you're this amazing culture for like a whole like two and a half months and then you come back and it's like, Oh, this is very different. Um, and I was just ready to go, but I'm like, okay, God has me here for a purpose. Um, and it's just cool to see that and invest in new people. And then, um, I thought I'd be going to Ave Maria university in Florida. Um, 
And was really excited to do that. I had a full ride and a roommate picked out and all this crazy stuff. And then one day the Lord is like, nope, you're actually going to be at Damascus. <laughs> and I was like, what? And um, I just felt so strong in my heart, this call to, um, yeah, just to grow, just to like learn, um, really learn God's heart for me and learn how to die to myself and like live with him. Um Cause I could have gone to college and had it really easy for myself and just had like everything I wanted in a sense yeah. from like a world's perspective. Um, but I would have never actually grown in the way that I knew I would here. Yeah. And, um, so I called Dan that day and I was like, Dan, uh, is this still an option? And you're like, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so then the next day I committed to uh, being here and I've uh, been here since and grown so much. And, uh, Falling more in love with Jesus and with uh, what He's doing in the world and what He's doing in this place. Amen, amen. And that's, that's a awesome. you know I think a lot of times we can fall into the trap of uh, of believing that momentum that we've established in our lives kind of prevents us or locks us into um, takes away our freedom from actually being able to respond to God in the way that we authentically want to. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that that even that simple testimony, Joseph of of. You know, the, the the school was picked out, the full-ride scholarship was available, but it was in that moment that the Lord decided to speak and actually invite you into a greater discernment. Right. And how many times, either as students or as adults, you know— <laughs> I, I can I can I can feel the tension in the in the parents that are listening to this show right now. Like what what do I do when my son or daughter decides to turn down a scholarship to uh to pursue a life of missionary work? Um or or what do I do when I have the opportunity to step away from a from a promotion or a job opportunity because I know that God's calling me to something, an authentic response to him in a in a different way? Um those are big questions. But but we need to not be afraid to to answer those in boldness. Sure. So yeah, One, way to way to live that testimony. I think too, I think just <clears throat> the witness I've seen from you, Joseph, is that like you could have gone to college and you're super gifted, so you could have been like the all star like minister there, right? Like and just doing like all mm-hmm. kinds of music ministry and like, um, but you you felt God calling you in prayer to a season of growth and right. quiet. And I think sometimes that's hard. Where like sometimes we want to be so. Uh, Christine Kane, an evangelical preacher, she says, like, we, we want to be uh, discovered so bad, but ultimately God wants to develop us. And yeah. the difference between, like, trying to be discovered by people um, versus being developed by God to allow yeah. him to bring you into uh, that that light when it's his time, which right. is really cool. And I mean, Jesus, I mean, he spent 30 years in Nazareth just, you know, doing his his carpentry trade, you know, before like he, he did what the gospels are mostly full of. Yeah. And then David, David was like in, he was just in the shepherd field for, for years and years and years, even after he was anointed, Mm -hmm. you know, he was anointed, they told he was going to be king. Like, but like the Lord just develops you in those places where like nobody's Mm -hmm. really watching. Yeah. And that's like that place where like he really develops you and grows you and like you discover his heart for you in that. Yes. I love it. Awesome. That's Praise beautiful. the Lord. So we're, we're talking today about worship, right? Yeah. So what do you, how has God transformed your heart through worship? Sure. Um, so like I said, I, I always grew up with like worship, um, which was just awesome. Um, from parents playing it to, I remember the first time um, we moved to Toledo and we were running this worship event at this parish. And it was like the first time I ever like saw like a, like a worship band. Like mm-hmm. there's like this worship, which is funny because the guy who actually lead, led that band um, now produces my music, which is just really funny how <laughs> cool. the Lord ties stuff together. But um, he, uh, I remember just seeing it I, I, afterwards. 
I, I was just, I had this, it was just this powerful encounter, exactly what Aaron was talking about, people just like lifting up their voices in worship and like, just like actually, I mean, music, music is just so, it speaks to our souls. It's like a language of the soul, you know, universe, one verse, like music is like, music just like binds us all together. Wow. And, um, and, and when it's directed towards God, it's what it's meant to be. And I, I, I think a lot of times we experience it, but we don't really know how to, the words to it. But I, I remember experiencing that. And just like falling in love with Jesus through like worship. I remember I called my grandma afterwards and I was like, grandma, this is amazing. And she's like, yeah, what? Um, it was so fun. I just like, couldn't, I just like didn't have the words for you, but I just needed to speak about it. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, then just like continuing that and like having, like discovering the Lord in worship um, yeah. and, and, and worship's so powerful because you just get, it's not about you. And more and more, I've just discovered that like you, no matter what you're going through in your day, no matter what you're feeling, you actually can bring that before the Lord in your worship. And, and just like lift that to him. Um, and so I just got to experience that power. And then, um, I'd always been like, I'd always played music. I, from like, I started taking piano lessons when I was six years old and, um, played piano for a while. And like when my dad would lead, sometimes he'd be like, all right, Joseph, hop on the piano. And I could just kind of figure out what he was doing. And, um, I remember that I, I picked up guitar my sophomore year of high school and, um, was just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of do this thing a little bit. And, uh, my sister was like helping lead an event for our, our youth group at the time in our parish. And uh, it was like for middle schoolers. And she's like, Joseph, you should come and like, you should lead worship for like our meeting. And I was like, I've never done that before. And she's like, you should just do it. It was like literally the first time. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and so I remember I just like was there and I played a song and I was like, that was really powerful. And I was like, whoa, that's I." Cause I'd experienced that, but never pictured myself being able to like facilitate something like that, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so, um, and so I was like, okay, the Lord's like moving in this. I want to get behind it. So I just started more and more doing it. And I remember I initially, so then I have like my own youth group that I'm like kind of running. And, and I remember the first time I actually brought worship into it. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to react. I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to react. I don't know how this is going to do. Um, but it was actually really powerful. Like people came up to me afterwards and just shared it. Um, and so ever since then, it's just been this continued growth of, of really just, disca- I mean, because the reality is we're, we're we're made to worship, like we were created to worship, and and so actually at all times we're worshiping something, you know. Oftentimes it's it's you know sometimes we're worshiping our phones, yeah. Sometimes we're worshiping our our um, agendas or our, our schedules, but like we're actually at all times worshiping something. Um, and so it's actually like asking the question, what are we worshiping? And then just getting to the heart of that, and and more and more I've just been discovering like God's heart in worship with that, which has just been such a blessing. Cause like, I, like I said, like culture sustains worship and in worship or sorry, culture sustains encounter, but in worship is the culture of heaven. Mm-hmm. So if we actually want culture to be sustained, like if we want our encounter to be sustained, then actually like worship's a big part of that because in heaven, like the culture is worship. Oh, Amen. that's so good. And Praise so, the Lord. Yeah. We're just able to like through worship, we enter into the culture of heaven and that sustains the encounters that we have with yeah. him every day. And that's why it's just so important. Like if we want the, to the culture of heaven in our church, we need to restore like profound worship. Right. right? And, and uh, just to be a people of praise who are just hunger wholeheartedly for him, where we yeah. cast our lives down in front of him. Yeah, sure. I think I think a lot of times too we can we can err on the side of being critical of a particular style of music, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's a that's a mistake for us. It's not a it's not a style of music. It's not a it's not a you know particular set of lyrics. It's it's a it's a matter of the heart. Right? right, it's a matter of the heart and orienting our hearts toward Him. You know, I, I think back. I've I, I think back of the of of some of the most powerful encounters in worship that I've had with the Lord, and right up in my top five, like are are some of those amazing, 
you know, powerful conference atmosphere times in a in an arena full of 80,000 people and and just music so loud that it shakes my soul, right? Yeah. Um but uh you know also in my top 5 are some of the most like powerful times of of um chant and liturgy that I've that I've been in in even in our cathedral here in Columbus. We have an amazing um, mm. cathedral choir. And when I go there and just close my eyes, it's like I'm, I'm brought into heaven. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think sometimes it's easy for me. I, I I'm speaking to myself here, friends that, you know, I'll open up the songbook and the hymnal at mass and I'll see that the song was published in the nineties and I'll immediately discount it or, uh, <laughs> man, we apparently are hating on the nineties. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, you know, glory and praise, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of, we we have to have a the, the proper orientation of the heart and um you know even when even whether 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 the songs that were that we're singing are produced in the 80s 90s 70s like whatever wherever it is um when 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 oriented properly toward the lord we can find a, a moment of authentic encounter right. and uh, what what we need to learn is that is that docility to um to pouring out our life and realize that I'm not just playing the piano right now. I'm not just opening up my mouth and singing, but I'm entering into, I'm entering into the culture of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. When I think there's some people who are like no contemporary songs because the hymns are somehow better. Right. And it's like, well, well, the hymns were contemporary songs when they were written. Like at at (laughs) one point they were contemporary (laughs) and, and the value in, and saying that we want contemporary music in the church doesn't mean that we want to throw out the great like Psalms or, or or the great hymns. It's that we want both and right. That, that as a, as a church, we're called to be relevant to the culture of the times. And, and it's not bad that the the sound of music changes within time, right? Yep. And there's something beautiful about mm-hmm. uh, a church that continues to create something new, <laughs> right? And it, and so I love the fact that we're a church that has tradition and history, but I also love it, the the fact that we're a church that of today and tomorrow as well. And so it's it's you know like like behold, I make all things new. Yeah. The Lord yeah. says in Revelations, like and so He wants He wants to make something new that is powerful in our mm-hmm. our culture today. And I think that's really what you're doing, Joseph, in our worship culture here is that you've entered into what I would say is the co-creative aspect of the Father, where you're you're seeking His heart to bring about new songs in the church, and um, and, and and you're sing you're you're all. You're entering into what what kind of a phrase we use as prophetic worship, where, where like um, you're asking for the Lord to reveal His words to be sung. Do you want to share a little bit about what that process has been like for you? Yeah, I, it's it's been super cool um, because the reality is I think a lot of it songwriting happens differently for every person. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's been a super. It, it comes supernaturally, supernaturally, <laughs> but because like, um, but because of like what actually the Lord has been establishing like in this just really natural way. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I think for years I would always, I've always just had a knack for words and like been able to, to do stuff, but like nothing I'd ever, I never just had this like passion for songwriting or, or really this like ability for things to just come. It was kind of a more of like a struggle. I'd be like, I feel like I'd be pushing through something mm. and I didn't really do much of it. Um, and then it was around this time of year last year um, where, you know, you have, I, I've been a Damascus missionary for a couple months at this point. And, um, like I said, like I was just learn, I was just growing. I was learning how to die to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I was really learning how to, 
um, surrender what I want, surrender like my will, my desire, and just like become more and more like Christ in that. And it was from, I, I, I feel like I know it so strongly. It was from that dying. It was from that crushing. It was from that like learning to surrender my will. And all of a sudden, like just out of the blue, um, like words and melodies just like start like springing forth. Mm. It was so cool. Um, it, it all, and it all came like I could have tried to do it on my own and come up with something, but you know, it was just like from the, it, it came right from this place of over the last couple months, you know, like entering into things like I didn't naturally want to enter into. Um, it came from leading small groups of like tough kids who was just like, it was tough to engage with or scrubbing toilets or, you know, all these different things that actually like build your character and, and allow you to die so that Christ can live more in you. And then all of a sudden you like, I sit down and songwrite and, and, and it's Christ living in me. So it's not even about me anymore. Yeah. You know, the words just start coming. I'm like, they're like where that? I'm like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you know, like it just kind of comes out. Um, which has just been an amazing process. Cause that's kind of how it's felt. Yeah. It's like, Every time in the seasons where I like surrender something to the Lord, I see the most fruit in like, in yeah, my own spiritual life, but even in just like creative works. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it's not me trying to force create, like force myself to create something, but it's the creator moving within me to like partner with me to create something. Yeah. And I hope everyone hears that from, from a lens of which it speaks to their own life, right? That it's, cause I'm not a, I'm not a worshiper, but that makes sense. You are a worshiper. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not a songwriter. Um, (laughs) I'm not a songwriter, but that makes like, but if that death to self produces fruit, right? Unless unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, no fruit comes. And so uh, you could do that in your family life, in your work life, in your whatever ministry God's calling you to. Exactly. Like you you want, you want to see breakthrough in something, put something on the altar for him, you know, like surrender something to him and you'll just see new breakthrough in it. So I want to, I want to brag practically on Joseph a little bit because he's not going to do it himself. But uh, so this time last year, Joseph, we, you wrote and kind of piloted, um, what, I don't know if it was your first song, but it was your first big song here at Damascus. Um, and it was called Firefall, Heaven, Rain. And the uh, this was you, you put this piece together for our winter camp program. And mm-hmm. um, I remember when you were presenting it, uh, there was a little hesitation in performing that on stage for the first <laughs> sure. time here at Damascus. <laughs> And uh, it was it was really neat for me as one who's been invested in just seeing you grow personally and seeing these programs at Damascus be an authentic response to what God desires to do in His church and in 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 His young people's hearts. To see, as Dan was saying, like this this co creative uh, component of your soul be put on paper and be put into in, into notation so that it could be communicated through the hearts and the voices of others into this powerful response to the Lord. And uh, I remember there was this moment of like once that hev- hed- hesitancy began to break off of you um, where that, that song be, began to come alive. And um, we continued to push that one through. Uh, this summer, we, we we played that song a number of times every week at summer camp. It was, and, in, it was in the drama. It ended up getting put in one of our dramas. Yeah, which is awesome. So, so this summer, you know, we we had a we had a pretty awesome testing ground. Um, 
this is a good place to write music here at Damascus <laughs> because we have 10,000 kids every year who get to tell us if it's good or not. <laughs> well, and the, the, the crummy thing about talk radio is that we can't actually just like play the songs and like uh, you guys that will, and we'll end the show like sharing how to hear Joseph's music, but like you actually have to hear it. And I remember like first time like we were praying and playing, you were playing that. I didn't even know it was your song. I was like, oh man, which band wrote this? Like, <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's what's so cool is that, yeah. um, and it was never like, hey guys, Joseph wrote a new song. Let's all listen to it. And you know, like how sometimes we hype up a person and like, yeah. oh, they're so talented. And then, then you're like, well, this is awkward because now like it's just about them. And right. it was never about you, which is so powerful. But um, the it was always about the Lord. And yeah. the, the the direction was towards I'm I'm offering this up. But it's so vulnerable. And I, I like I've, I've written a few books and and I, you know, and we speak and people are like, well, what's it like to write a book? And I always say, well, it's just actually really vulnerable. Yeah. Like you yeah. publish something and everyone judges it like that's and not in a bad way it's just when you read a book you judge it whether you like it or not when you listen to a song you judge it whether you like it or not and it's this incredibly vulnerable per- position to place what god's given you in the intimacy of prayer yeah. and now to give it to others and and to know that people like uh, on a very human natural level make a judgment and yeah. and to grow in boldness like aaron was saying is, is, is a powerful thing of like because you have to put we had you we have to whatever god gives us whether it's music whether it's a book whether it's preaching whether it's whatever god's giving you listener you have to give that to the world with yeah. boldness and confidence Amen. even if it's vulnerable even if it's scary even if you feel exposed i mean jesus when he died on the cross he was stripped naked like strip yourself of your garments and bring what god's giving you in prayer to the world or else you're you're just being selfish amen amen and uh and that's working man um and and honestly it's become a dream now that we are that we are building into the function of our ministry you know uh, for a long time you know when when dan and i were kind of discerning with our team what god wanted damascus to be Initially, we were convinced that this was just going to be a summer camp, right? And it, it became clear through a, you know the course of discernment that God wanted this to be bigger than a summer camp. He wanted our reach to be more than a couple hundred or a yep. thousand kids each summer. And praise the Lord that in in boldness and in risk, we said yes to that because because what what are we seeing now? We're seeing ten thousand kids each year come and be be impacted through the ministry here, but. Um, not only that, we're asking ourselves again, like, what is next, Lord? Is the music that's coming out of Damascus just meant to impact those 10,000? And in this case, the answer is no. Like, we, we need to realize that what God's planted here, he intends to grow for, for the good of the church, for the sake of the world. Um, Joseph, can, would, you, would, you, would you mind sharing with us, you know, what the impact has actually been, what the reach has been of some of the music that you've written? How many, how many people online have listened now to... Um, to yeah. fire, fall, heaven, rain. So yeah, that first song we are I released it in October, and um, it's coming up on seventy thousand listens. Yeah, praise <laughs> the Lord. We on Spotify, and that doesn't include YouTube or Apple Music or whatever else people. We have some listeners on Napster, which I think is weird because I didn't know Napster still existed. It's <laughs> <laughs> just people who live in their parents' basement. Well, Brad has Napster. <laughs> <laughs> Our missionary program director is like, "Is this on Napster?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay. Here, so, let me pull up my DOS <laughs> computer. No, oh, 1990s. Right. That's, all the 90s. It's just stuff. more hatred okay. for the 90s here. <laughs> Man. I was born in the 90s, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, barely. I, barely, I was like 99 in December. Yeah, you made the cut. I barely made it. Anyway, um, no, the Lord has like done so much. It's just, it's been incredible to see because, you know, 70,000 listeners in, in 75 different countries throughout the world. Wow, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's not something I could have ever done or even dreamt of. You know, it's just like, I'd, I I would just, okay, God, you put this on my heart and like, I'm going to do it. If, if, 
there was a worship leader that said um, she was writing music and and she was just like having this frustrating time with it. And, and um, she's heard the Lord speak to her um, saying like, okay, if no one on earth hears this song, but all of heaven is singing mm. it, would you still write it? That's awesome. And it was like, whoa. And that <laughs> was like know? my, that was like my mentality going into yeah. this. Like, okay, maybe no one on earth hears this song, mm-hmm. but like, you told me to do this. And so I want to release it because like, this is why I hear heaven singing. Yeah. And so I want to like release it. And, um, and just the way that the Lord's moved in that has just like blown me away. Cause I, I just release it and I just let the Lord do the work. Like, yeah. I don't have a marketing plan really. I don't have like, I'm not like, you know, I just release it and let the Lord work with it. And it's just been amazing. Um, just the different, even like testimonies that people have, have shared with it about like, so, like I had one tell me about how like they heard the song and it just inspired them to be on mission. And they went mm-hmm. and she, this girl's like, Oh my gosh, I talked to seven people today about Jesus and invited like all these people to like go to like mass with me and this crazy stuff. It's awesome. People talking about how like they were really in the dry spot with the Lord and they listened to this song and, and it just reignited their, their relationship with the Lord. And they're like, they feel closer to him again. Um, it's just crazy to see, you know, what the Lord does with, with just a simple yes. And I, and I guess for everyone, for everyone listening, like, the Lord's put like the Lord's put a call in your life in, in different things. It might not be releasing a song, but but the Lord will, will call you to do something that you can't do without Him. Amen. And and when we respond to that in faith, when we say, "Jesus, I don't understand how this is going to work," I may, like like you were saying, Dan, about being vulnerable. Like I'm just going to be vulnerable and like put my heart out there, however the Lord is calling me to. Mm-hmm. The Lord's going to bless that in incredible ways. Like if there's a dream on your heart, like run after it with the Lord because Amen. He wants to do something amazing with it. And, and it's just the beginning of all the all the incredible things that he has for our lives. Praise yeah. the Lord. I, I don't think we could have wrapped up that segment any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Joseph, for your yes and for your uh, fearlessness. And, you know, I think this is what I would say is it's just the beginning, right? Like uh, right. God, <clears throat> God shows um, that he has miracles uh, when he when he just per- provides a small little glimpse. And I think what you're seeing right now in your music is just a small glimpse of the massive change that God wants to bring. And and our yeah. listeners, I want you to um if if you know people who who are are hungry to bring worship back into the church, like encourage them and bless them. Like it's, this is our, this is our call. We've Amen. been listening to uh, Beyond Damascus. We're going to take a short break. This is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN global catholic radio network we will be right back want the latest pro-life news want it delivered sign up it's free ewtn pro-life weekly your source for everything happening now in the fight to protect the sanctity of human life new episodes delivered every week to your inbox so if you really want to know sign up today Go to EWTN.com forward slash pro-life today. Check out EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at youtube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus. Thank you for joining us again. Joseph Schleter is here with us in studio at Damascus, and you're listening to 
uh, Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel and EWTN Radio. Joseph, thanks again for joining us for today's show. This has been an awesome reflection on worship in the church and really how God's lit a fire in you and, uh, man, called you to a powerful work of evangelization. So thank you for saying yes. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You guys are amazing. These, yeah, these two people y'all are listening to on a regular oh, basis yeah. are the real deal, and it's such a blessing Good. to be so, able to serve with them. Joseph, um, you, your future is burning bright, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of of your journey here at Damascus, and uh, we, you know we've we've committed as an organization that we just want to walk with you and to um, and to to elevate and to accelerate whatever God's placed on your heart. Tell me, brother, what is your what what do you feel like your dream is for this for the church? <laughs> we only have like a minute, so <laughs> um, in short, I, I want to see I, I want to see a church that like worships again. Yeah, you know, like throughout like Old Testament history, whenever like whenever Israel was like in uh, like this period of like desolation, it's because they like left like they left behind worship. Mm. But every single time there was a revival or a restoration of the kingdom of Israel, it's when they brought worship back to the forefront. Amen. And like we have a church that needs like we, that needs new life in it, mm. and um and that comes from worship, and that and and, and not worship as like a, a type of music or as, yeah, as yeah, like yeah. whatever, but as like a heart position towards the Lord. Yep. And so I want to see worship revived, and I want to see um. I want to see like people rise up with their dreams and yeah. just like begin to create with the Lord and do amazing things because I've seen how he's blessed that in my life and Amen. I want people to do that. All right, listeners, you heard it there first. So go and do stuff. Go and create. <laughs> there you go. Go and dream big. And that, that's a motto. Go right. and respond <laughs> to, to what it is that God's placed in your heart. If God's telling you something in prayer, it, it means it's time to, to see it lived out. Yeah. Surround yourself with people who can, who can support you in that yes. Um, Joseph, how do we... How do we listen to the music that you've written? Um, so Joseph is abbreviated to Seth Schleter. So I go by Seth Schleter, S-E-P-H-S-C-H-L-U-E-T-E-R on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all that fun stuff. I have two songs, Firefall, Heaven, Rain, and then a new one that just came out less than a week ago called No Distance slash Emmanuel. And both of them are awesome and are definitely worth a listen. And you can also check Joseph out here at Damascus. All of our stuff, all of our our worship, all of our events here um, in some way are influenced by him and his leadership. So thank you, brother, for joining us today. Thank you. Why don't we we wrap up today's show in prayer in the name of the Father, and Mm -hmm. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for the impulse that you've placed within Joseph to carry your name to the nations. I pray that you do it again in us. Lord, that we would be able to respond... um, dutifully to the way that you speak to us in prayer, that we'd hear your voice and that we'd know what it is when you call us to respond powerfully. Jesus, uh, convince us like you did, you know, back in Joseph's living room and back in Dan's basement that you don't have to be, you don't have to be highly skilled and gifted to say yes. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, sometimes you want to build in us the talents that you need for the renewal of your church, for the revival of your church. So, Lord, we say yes, and we say yes to the dreams you've placed in us, and God, I pray that you would you would do it again and that you'd light this church on fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you want to share your story with us, or if you love this uh, episode, you can find it at Damascus, uh, Beyond Damascus, wherever podcasts are found. And you can find out more about sharing your story with us at Damascus.net. God bless you all.